Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're jumping into a conversation with Maury Davis about his newest book, Hindsight 2020. Maury has three decades of ministry experience, having led as the senior pastor at Cornerstone Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Lean in and learn as Maury unpacks many of the mistakes that he made along his journey. Let's get started. Without further ado, I want us to get right to it. Uh, Maury Davis has three decades of ministry experience, having led as the senior pastor of Cornerstone Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Known for vision casting and creating an atmosphere of excellence, his church's international ministry has partnered around the world, building over 2,000 churches in Kenya and schools and orphanages in India, Thailand, and many other nations. Through the years, Maury has developed a heart for training and equipping the next generation of pastors to better lead their congregations and grow their churches. He now acts as a coach and consultant for many, and he's doing that with pastors and leaders all around the U.S. Uh, the honored guest of the hour today, Maury Davis. Pastor Maury, we're excited to have you here with us to talk about your new book, Hindsight 2020. Thank you so much for being with us. How do you feel today, Maury? Well, I feel good, and it's good to be part of your Avail broadcast today, and I just love what God is doing with the Avail ministry. Uh, when I got my first Avail uh, magazine, I got the very first copy. I was shocked at the level of quality, the quantity of usable information. Uh, I began to share immediately with my friends, even before I got involved with you, uh, that this, to my knowledge, was the highest level Christian leadership magazine that I'd ever read and uh, they're keepsakes. They're done in such an incredible quality. And so uh, I've read every copy. I've read every article. I've read every line <laughs> and uh, I believe in what you're doing. And I'm grateful to God that God is using you and your team, um, Pastor Sam and, and Brother Martin and you and the whole team, all of you are affecting the kingdom of God in an incredible way. I love it. Thank you so much, Pastor Moore, for your words. And let me just say, uh, I'm excited to get into this conversation about your new book, Hindsight 2020, because as you yeah. shared with me and as I've been reading and even watching with some of the videos, which I'm going to talk about later, um, I've just been encouraged because, man, there is a wealth of knowledge and information uh, that you've been able to walk through as lead pastor for, for, you know, for all these years. And what you have on your heart is just to pour it out to all the leaders and pastors that want to take advantage and learn from you, specifically to learn from your mistakes. I think we can learn from a lot of the things you did well, and, and, and that's something important, but, but it's very few authors who really take the time to say, hey, these are the areas that I messed up or I could have done better. But before we get into the book, uh, uh, Pastor Moore, can you just maybe give us a few minutes of who you are so that those who are connecting right now can get a better picture and idea of, of who you are, where you've been and how you've led? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, in 1975, I was an 18-year-old drug addict locked up in the Dallas County Jail. I had committed a horrendous crime. I never walked in the doors of a church in my life. Never, to my knowledge, remember being invited to church. Uh, grew up godless. Mm. And uh, in the middle of that crisis, the attorney my parents called had just become a brand new Christian about six months before. He'd given his life to Christ, long-term alcoholic, a horrible man, uh, a powerful attorney, but a horrible man. And his encounter with Christ brought him to my table. And after talking to me about the arrest and the evidence and the crime, he did something I never knew he'd do because I grew up with his daughter. 
He pulled a Bible out and began to tell me how God had saved him and filled him with the spirit, healed his wife of cancer. And he was a brand new charismatic. And at the end of his little uh, sermonette, he said, Mari, I serve a God that can do anything. Are you ready to pray? I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) Can you get me out of jail? And he said, no, I can't. I said, why not? He said, you're not ready yet. Subsequently, I, I was in the Dallas County Jail for about six months before trial. But between getting arrested and getting to trial, uh, I finally broke down and I said, God, if you're up there and you come down here and prove yourself to me, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And I had a supernatural encounter with Christ through a backslidden Pentecostal who had shown up and had rededicated his life to Christ. And he actually led me to the Lord. Uh, my attorney's pastor, Pastor Don George, became my pastor. He used to visit me and he gave me my first Bible. And he said, read this book and do what it says. I'm 65 years of age as of last Sunday. And I can tell you the greatest sermon I've ever heard was read the book and do what it says. Wow. Um, I spent eight and a half years of my life in prison uh, and should have spent my life in prison or been electrocuted. I, I mean, I, I, everything I live today is beyond what I deserve. I live in an amazing grace. Uh, got out of prison, became the janitor in a church. And after I was a janitor for a while, I became the administrative assistant to the pastor during a large construction program, about $6 million, specifically dealing with the contractors on behalf of the pastor's office. And after that, I married the prettiest girl in the church. And when I got done with that, uh, I became the youth pastor. And then God restored all the years I lost and gave us triplets, uh, Gabrielle, Danielle, and Galen Maurice. And then he gave us another son. We named him Oops. And because uh, we didn't expect that one to come along, <laughs> and we were scared that there was going to be three more of them. <laughs> so, uh, but his name is Dylan, and both my sons are in ministry. My son Galen took the church uh, that I built, uh, and is now the uh, senior pastor of that in the succession plan that we did with Dr. Chan. And Dylan is an associate pastor down in Florence, Alabama, for a guy that used to work for us. Uh, as his creative director and his uh, youth pastor. Both my daughters work with me in ministry, but we traveled for a few years as evangelists, went to Nashville in 1991 and became the pastors of Cornerstone Church. It was a little church on a gravel parking lot and a rundown ratty building with people, though, that had a hope and a dream. And uh, 27 and a half years later, we left them with about 50 acres, about $53 million worth of buildings, and uh, incredible congregation, uh, citywide and national influence. And uh, and now, you know, as I travel and work with pastors, it's, you know, how do I help them get to from where they are to where they want to go? And so I do preaching, teaching, coaching, and consulting. I only do four things. I'm very limited. I'm preaching to you. That's all I do. And out of that came the book. Wow. I love it. So I'm already intrigued, Pastor Mori. I'm already intrigued. I know everybody's leaning in. There's a lot of people maybe who know you, but a lot of people who don't know you who are, who are leaning in right now. If you're on the chat, if you're on the Zoom chat and this live call webinar, or if you're on the Facebook right now on the feed, take advantage of it. I want you to put in the chat, I'm ready. And you can put your favorite emoji because we're about to get started. Uh, Pastor Mori, we want to hear the story. The book is Hindsight 2020. This is our Avail Book of the Month. Hindsight 2020 by Maury Davis, 10 mistakes that offer clarity and vision. Tell us, how did, everybody's ready. Everybody's telling us in the chat they're ready. How did this come about? What's the heart behind this book, Maury? And what, what do you want to accomplish through this book? Okay. Wow, that's a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, 
all of us that have been in ministry, all of us that have observed people in ministry, we have watched people for years. And when they're introduced, this person did this, this person did that. You know, I just very quickly said, I took a little ratty church on a gravel parking lot, left a mega church. I took a bunch of people with hope and left a thriving congregation. You know, I did this, I did that. All of us championing our accomplishments. Uh, very few people identify their weaknesses. And it's the weaknesses that limit what we could have accomplished. And, uh, you know, there are people that, uh, that anybody that's not truly humble, and I don't know that I'm humble, so I'm not excluding me from the negative mm -hmm. category here. Uh, they write all the good things they did on one side of the wall, and they write, you can write all the bad things they did on the other, but they will only allow you to talk to them about the good things. Well, nobody's all that. And then if you only let people talk to you about the bad things, and if somebody compliments you, you say, well, you know, you just don't know how bad I really am. I, I, you know, and, and they demean a compliment. They just can't say thank you. They're still not living in humility. So what happened is at the end of 27 and a half years and I'm leaving and I'm having to reflect on what does God want me to do and where am I going and, and doing introspection on the inside. Uh, I was reading the scripture where Paul wrote those things I want to do. I don't do those things I want to do. I don't do what's going. And he said, there's a war going on within me. And it dawned on me that all leaders have that war going on. There are things they want to do they don't do. There, there's something going on down deep within inside, inside of us. And so I began to pray as the psalmist prayed, Lord, search me and try me. It dawned on me the reason to pray that prayer is you can't go deep enough by yourself. You need God and other people to help you dig a little bit deeper. And one of the things that was a shock to me is when I realized things I was totally oblivious to were totally obvious to the congregation. Mm. Character flaws, personality flaws, I'm not talking about simple things. I'm just talking about uh, a, a propensity to anger, a propensity to micromanage, a propensity <laughs> to be a control freak, to not recognize other people's giftings, um, uh, to not honor other people correctly. And uh, if you read the book, the guy that wrote the lead to the chapter, Robbie McGee, worked with me for years. He wrote in there, he said, oh, you honor people. You just honored them the way you felt honored, not the way they felt honored. And hmm. boy, I, I would have never dreamed that I wasn't the greatest leader in the world. I mean, nobody wants to be a bad leader. And so I'm reading that and I begin to write down things down. And I wrote down the 10 things I got wrong and seven things I got right are in there. It's not a book about, let's well, all bash Mari. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't need anybody else bashing me. You can beat yourself up enough. And as I went through the process of that, I invited uh, all the pastors that had ever worked for me, those that left good, those that I helped plant churches. We have eight church plants and those that I fired and probably fired them when I was more mad than sane. Wow. Yeah. And wow. so they'd hurt them or people that I moved around and never recognized their gift. And they always felt limited or, or, or not respected. And mm -hmm. I did a, a round table with them and Dr. Chan. And man, there were tears flowing. It was a healing wow. time for some of them. Uh, you know, we, the, I think one of the guys writes in there, I wish he could have been who he is today then. And yeah. so I begin to process that, that book. And as I begin to do the deeper dive, um, what I discovered were shadow motives in my life. And I think most people have these. And if you could see them, they wouldn't be in the shadows. And because I had committed such a horrible crime, and everybody brings it up. And with social media today, no matter what somebody says, hey, guess what this pastor did and this church did for the city? Somebody says, this is who this guy is. This is what he is. They never let the past go. 
And so I feel like I was always trying to prove that I was greater than my shame and my guilt. Mm. And yeah. so rather than living in vision and achievement, I lived in proving. There are two kinds of leaders. Those that are trying to prove something and a person trying to prove something always has to compare themselves with themselves or with other people. Are, are my, is my church bigger this year than it was last year? <laughs> is my income bigger this year than it was? Am I getting more preaching gigs this year than last year? Are more people tweeting about me this year than last year? Uh, is the mayor calling me this year more than he did last year? Uh, whatever. Or you're competing with other people. Well, I'm beating that guy over there. He only has 100. I got 150. And, and when you're trying to prove something, you're never living in vision. And I feel mm. like even you can have vision, you cannot live in it. And when I look at the other side, people that have caught a vision, the vision has captured them. They live in passion, not proving. They're passionate for what's captured their heart. And they go to a different level. And the, the main thing is not that they're not both moving the kingdom forward. It's the, the people that are in vision don't damage the people that are working with them. People that are improving mm. damage the people working <clears throat> with them. And so out of that, I wrote the book, Hindsight 2020. And it started out of that meeting when they all said, you got to write a book. A lady named Maureen Adenubi said, Pastor, you've got to write a book about that. I love this. So for everybody who's joining now, I know there's people joining in and jumping in the conversation, both on the Zoom live call and also on Facebook. We're talking about Maury Davis's new book, Hindsight 2020, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit uh, up ahead how you can get this book for free or how you can get it at a discounted price, depending on whether or not you already have the Avail Journal. Now, now, Pastor Maury, this is intriguing because um, basically what you did is you had a roundtable with uh, a lot of the leaders and and pastors and people that had worked with you, whether they were they left well because you helped plant their church or they got fired because yeah. of situations you went through. And all of this helped you kind of just open up and say, hey, there's a lot of things I've learned from. I've done some things well, but I've also done a lot of things not well. And I hope that this can help. I hope this can can help you grow, right? This, this is the heart of yes, how this book came to be. So with, with all the leaders pastors and community leaders that are connected right now that are going to be watching this or listening to this later. I want to get into a little bit of the Zoom call. There's a Q&A uh, tab uh, on the bottom. If you want to throw a question over here at uh, Pastor Mori, you can use that Q&A tab. And if we get to your question, so Pastor Mori, let me talk about each chapter of the book. Basically what it does is it, it details maybe a shortcoming or a mistake that you encountered as a young leader. Uh, What's one chapter in particular that you're excited to share with today's young leaders or maybe less experienced leaders that might really help them develop? Well, let's talk about the micromanagement chapter. I was a micromanager. And you don't realize how you become a micromanager unless you go maybe to the master class. I know you're going to offer later when I did some teaching on it in the video. And um, uh -huh. what happens when you're a young pastor? It's just you. You're the janitor. You're the bulletin maker. You're the, uh, you know, you're meeting with every department. You're the leader of every department. You're the mower of the yard. You're the, the, the you know, whatever. It's all you. And if you're a fairly energetic, thoughtful, visionary, high-level leader, you do a lot of things and you get it like you do it well. You got your hands on it. You're in control of all the outcomes. And then you hire yeah. a, 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 an assistant, and uh, this is how I want you to do the bulletin. This is how I want you to keep the books. 
and you're working with them and you're still in a small environment, there's an incredible relational connection between people that are building something that's almost from the ground up, not from the ground up, because the church had been there a few years before I got there, but it had gone into failure and being uh, repossessed and disrepair. So you're rebuilding something really from the ground up with a brand new assistant, and then you hire a youth pastor and you're working with him. Hey man, tell me what you're doing, man. That's awesome. Hey, I want you to make sure that these people get there. Hey, make sure you don't let this kid uh, get loose. He's got some issues and you need to put a sponsor on this kid. So, and what you're doing is relationally micromanaging, but sooner or later, when you get enough employees, you know, I think our maximum was we had about 75 employees. Uh, when you get enough employees, you cannot micromanage the outcomes of 75 people. And so you put a manager in there. Well, you're used to controlling outcomes. And that's like, well, I, I, I'm not in control uh, of the outcomes. And if you're not healthy, you start reaching around the managers. And the further you get, the more anxious you get. And the anxiety is what causes the micromanagement. So here comes Dr. Chen in my life in 2012. And, and you know, and he writes me this whole assessment about the difference in a buffalo leader and a goose leader. And uh, he talks to me about, you're a buffalo leader, you're a military leader. And I thought, well, hello. You know, I went to a military academy in high school trying to deal with a drug problem. I spent eight and a half years in prison. You know, structure worked for me. I mean, <laughs> I got up every day. Somebody told me when to get up, when to go to bed, what to wear, what to say, how to talk. I mean, my whole life was created in that system. And so and then when I got out, my pastor was pretty controlling. And so I just followed in his footsteps. And not understanding culture has shifted to this new generation. It's much more collaborative. The buffalo leader is the bull of the herd. And when I moved, the herd moves. And the way they killed all the buffalo is the they'd figure out which one was the major bull in that herd, and they'd shoot him first. Well, as wow. long as he laid there, they could shoot the rest of the buffalo. It's how the <laughs> buffalo became extinct. Buffalo leadership will produce extinction of the herd sooner or later. But wow. geese, the head goose is not always, always at the front of the V. He may be at the back just cheering on the young goose that's up there uh, breaking the wind so that the geese can fly farther and faster. And uh, so, you know, Sam writes me this long, long, long uh, document about why my whole philosophy of leadership has to change. And so I began to go through all the processes he's got for you to do that, which is part of how this book controlled. But when you talk about micromanaging people, when you talk to people that have been micromanaged that had a high potential, they always tell my people told me, you know, it was just frustrating to me. You would never let me help you the way I could. Micromanagement wow. damages the person being micromanaged and minimizes the effect to the congregation in a significant way. That's so good. I, this is so good. I, just hearing you talk about it uh, is so helpful because for those maybe younger, there's so many holes and walls that we've already been running in. This mentioned a few of the chapters uh, before we continue on. So everybody, Davis's new book, Hindsight 2020, uh, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. Here's some of the titles of Pastor Maury's book. I micromanaged gifted people, right? That's what you were just talking about. I stopped pursuing formal education. Uh, I was insensitive to people's feelings. That's a big one. Uh, I confused authentic with unfiltered. <laughs> That's great. Staffing decisions. So somebody actually, somebody actually in the H, uh they wrote, what is one major thing you learned looking would caution other leaders not to do? Well, some of those are lip titles here. 
I was politically divisive is chapter six. I didn't listen to advice. I didn't celebrate others' wins. Like these are just, it sounds obvious, but uh, what would you say to that question? Somebody just put there more. Uh, Let's talk about. There's a bunch you already already listed here. Yeah. Let's talk about being authentic versus unfiltered. I thought just being me was totally authentic, but I was just unfiltered. And the difference in unfiltered and authentic (laughs) is unfiltered. People never have any idea what you're going to say, especially with humor or who you're going to take a (laughs) shot at. Authentic is predictable. Unfiltered is not. Now, there are people that fill the church to hear the unfiltered message. It's kind of like I told uh, the church last Sunday, the reason I bought a condo in Florida is so my wife would have somewhere to go after the rapture takes place. <laughs> and and I, I think I got away with that one. I don't think that offended anybody because uh, they knew it was a joke. My wife's godly woman. <laughs> uh, but but uh, what happens is you may like the unfiltered ministry, but before you bring somebody to church, you have to say, can I bring that person in my church? Because what I think is funny is going to be offensive to them. Authentic gives your people a comfort zone that you're not hiding anything. You're clear, you're you, but you're not endangering somebody they bring in from being offended rather than being blessed. So good. You know, it's, it's, it's good because I think we usually tend to, but you, you were able to kind of look back and take perspective and this could have, this definitely could have been better. Um, or I could have done this better. Somebody wrote something here some more and they put, how do you deal with a mixed group of and others prefer the security of, of being micromanaged? Uh, any insight into that? Yeah. Uh- collaboration allows you to identify who operates in what system best, just listening to people. And leadership is much more about discerning the people you're leading than identifying who you are. You need to already have done that before you start leading. And uh, identifying this person wants me to weigh in, this person Mm -hmm. wants me to empower them at different levels. And I don't think you micromanage anybody, but I think you empower people at different levels with different tools, different skill sets, and maybe create better systems. That's good. That's good advice. Thank you for that question. Also, Daryl, for the previous question. Uh, okay, Maury, here's here's just the real about this ever since you and I had some conversations in preparation for this live call. But uh, what was it like to be so authentic and if we're honest, vulnerable is when you hindsight 2020 and you're talking about mistakes, right? That's a lot of vulnerability. That that, that I think it takes a lot of uh, a lot of confidence uh, to be able to do that. How was that experience for you? And do you think that transparent this type of transparency is something that learned from that? Uh, I think Paul practiced it when he said those things I want to do I don't do. I think he I call it uh, transparent introspection something that very few leaders have the emotional help to do. I did not have the emotional help to do this until Dr. Sam Chan became involved in my life. And I did dream releaser coaching and went back and began to do some schoolwork and begin to think at another level. And so part of the ability to do that is introspect. One of the things Dr. Chan cautioned me against is don't just go to the pulpit and say, you know, there's some things in my life I wish weren't there. I'm battling them, but I can't get over them. 
uh, people immediately think something perverse, something horribly negative, rather than something that is just a challenge. And so uh, there are those people that will take that and say, uh-huh, I knew that, and that's why I quit going to that church. But most people will understand the purpose of the book is not for you to throw stones at Mari. I, 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 you know, you don't need, you ain't got none to start with, and I've got my own. Uh, it's for you to say, okay, forget him. What can I do now to identify these things now in my life that maybe your own, that it's not those 10 issues. Those are my issues. What are your issues that are going to hold you back? And uh, the heart of man is the greatest challenge uh, to get to where we're going out of the, out of the heart flow, the issues of life. Well, these issues are all heart issues and head issues. So the renewing of the mind and the health of the heart is critical to your level of leadership. And uh, the things you don't deal with in your life along the journey will deal with you at the end of the life and mess up the journey. Did I lose you, Virgil? I see. I hear you. I'm here. Okay. I'm here with, with you, Pastor Maury. Okay. I'm sorry about that, those technical difficulties. I'm here with you. Okay. So um, that would be my answer to that. You know, if I was going to pick another one to talk about, it would be not recognizing others' giftings. Uh, I think an area that, and I think a lot of pastors need to really be challenged to recognize other people's giftings. And I had a gentleman working with me. His name was Mark. And, it, and I've talked to Mark since this. After I wrote this book, I think this was probably the most gut-level moment in the meeting. Mark came to work to me as our minister of music, and uh, I did not realize he had the gift of administration. And so uh, I'm a work, I'm a worker. I'm a hands-on guy. Get up early, go late, go hard, go strong, keep going, don't quit. Now get up and do it again and again and again. And that's how we grow the kingdom. God bless the work of our hands. So we need to be working. And uh, Mark did that, but I didn't understand that. He was, uh, I would give him stuff to do, and I'd go by his office, and he'd be in his office with uh, his legal pad on his desk, just sitting there. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm thinking. I said, well, Mark, I need you to be working. He said, Pastor, I am working. I'm thinking. And I'd give him more to do. And I'd go by a few days later, and he'd be still sitting there. No matter what I gave him to do, he found a way to recruit the people, develop the people, create a system of administration so that the product would be launched. And then he would um, go ahead and uh, go back to thinking about how to keep up with all the things I gave him. And finally, he realized that he um, should not uh, keep working there because no matter what he did, I was never pleased with who he was. Looking back years later at the church he went to that he helped go from nothing, a church we started uh, with uh, Pastor John McKenzie in Dallas, Texas, Hope Fellowship, that we started. He was his executive pastor, and that church is at 8,000, 9,000 now. And a lot of that has to do with John's ability to see the gifting in Mark and other people. And Mark brought the systems to the table to allow him to build a megachurch. What would have happened at Cornerstone had I recognized Mark's value and given him the ability to step forward in an incredible way? So all of those things are uh, things that you look back on and say, wow, if I was a young guy, I wish somebody would teach me to stop and look at people's giftings rather than my desires or my style of leadership and how do I maximize them in this organization? Because if I maximize them, I add value to their life. I make them feel valuable as well as advance the organization and its cause. So good. Um, Maury, there's a question here in the Q&A 
um, tab here. And, and Pamela says, your book is great. I just received the book. Um, uh, he, uh, she says, ouch, I see some of the things I used to do and still trying to build new leadership and muscle memory. How do you work in a church culture where the leader is more of the military style and believes their leadership style and senior leadership is effective? Uh, they are not too receptive to feedback that challenges the systems and procedures that they believe work. Do you have some advice for Pamela? Yeah, first of all, a military leader can be a great leader. Um, some of the greatest churches in America were built with that style. Uh, long term, it's not sustainable and it's not going to maximize what could have been. So if I went to work at a church with a military leader, the first thing I would do would be absolutely teach him or her that I'm following their leadership, not fighting, not I'm not arguing. I am in submission to authority. The second thing I would do is I would become fruitful. Once you become fruitful at a level that your life has to be recognized, you have influence that you didn't have before fruitfulness. So rather than trying to weigh in on the conversation mm -hmm. before you have proven what you can do, you prove what you can do so you have the equity to weigh in on the situation. So fruitfulness gives you a place at the table that nothing else does. Hmm. That's so good. Um, great advice. By the way, for everybody who's connecting or who maybe jumped, hopped on in a few minutes ago, we're talking to Maury Davis about his new book, Hindsight 2020, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. Now, we've been talking, Pastor Maury, by the way, this book is amazing. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the masterclasses coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but for those of you who are not yet connected to the Avail Journal annual subscription for free, by the way, you can get this book for free if you're not. If you are, you can get it at a discounted price. Plus, there's a great offer we're going to give you regarding the bundle. Um, if you're enjoying this talk so far on the chat, I want you to put a high five or a thumbs up, uh, some kind of emoji that tells me I'm in, I'm in, Verge, I'm in with Maury right now. Uh, Maury, I want to go, I want to transition a little bit because we were talking a little bit about, you know, a lot of the mistakes, but there's a section near the end of the book that talks about what you did right as a leader. And, and could you share with us maybe one or two of the things that you feel that you're most proud of, you know, that you did right and well in your journey? Yeah. Uh, I can tell you the thing I am the most proud of. I transitioned while I could still pass a baton, not a cane. I didn't wait until I had ridden the church <laughs> down. I didn't wait until they were having to wheel me into the pulpit and I'm not here throwing stones at anybody, but I've seen enough pastors that have built churches out of nothing and built a mega church campus that they could not let it go. And, and I can tell you the pain of letting it go is like mm. burying a loved one. I don't want to minimize that moment, but when we truly seek first the kingdom of God at some point, yeah, uh, you need to take a different role. I'm still connected to the church. I still, I'm the global pastor of Cornerstone Church, which means they told me you go somewhere else. And, uh, but they gave me a title and they're very honoring and my wife and I, it's just good. Uh, but uh, I let it go. So, you know, one of the things I got right is I left. And most people don't think about that as the right thing to do, but that is the final right thing you do. You leave on time. You know, when Joshua was going into the promised land, mm. uh, God told mm. him to take... Uh, uh, the people that had the ark and the people with the trumpet and people that had with the sword. So we need people that help create God's presence in his life. You know, when you're going to the new season, what you have around, who you have around you is critical. There are people in your life and virtually I don't know who they are in yours. And I can identify mine 
Uh, people that when I talk to them, they make me want to love yeah. God more. People when I talk to them, yeah. they make me want to throw my hands up and worship. People that I talk to them, they make me want to pray. People that I talk to them, they make me want to read the Bible more at a different level. Uh, people that I talk to them, I want to lead better. I want to learn more leadership stuff so I can help more people. There, there's people that they just draw out yeah. of you just by being in their presence. Yes, we need those people. That produces peace. Yep, peace is important because we live in a crazy yeah. world, and. The second group of people are people who blow the trumpets, people of discernment. And the reason that Joshua needed the trumpeters there is they said, now is the time. Uh, We need the people in our lives that can blow the trumpet because very few of us know when to blow our own trumpet. We either overestimate or underestimate the time frame. And that's why when Dr. Chan came in as our consultant, uh, he gave us a plan, but he said, this is flexible based on the transition of the congregation, the development of my successor, my son, his developing of his influence and his handle on everything and me creating my go-to, how to get out of here. Because if you just stay there and they change something, every change they make is an assault on what you did with your life. I spent my whole life putting that piano right there. You done move my piano. And you'd be surprised how many church people don't want you to move their piano. And so having said all that, uh, you need those people. And third people, you need people that are skilled with the sword, the word. Uh, people can say, you know what? You're not reading this right. Here's what the Bible says about this transition. And having those people in your life allows you to make that transition. So bringing Dr. Chan in to let him help us know how to make this transition, where to make this transition, when to make this transition, and who to have on the team to make it. Uh, was critical to what I consider my best decision ever at the church. <laughs> so good. This is this is great. This is leadership gold. Um, so so based on what you're talking about right now, you made this transition from the lead pastor or the senior pastor role uh, into more of a coaching and consulting role. Um, Phil. Um, uh, actually, before I jump into Phil's question, let me ask you one question, and then we're going to jump into the question that Phil has about vulnerability. But here's my question, Maury. Um, now that you're in this new role, right, after after many, you know, decades, right, of past senior pastor role, um, how have you found yourself able to pour into leaders in new ways because of this transition? Because I think sometimes some senior pastors are just fearful about what's next or, you know, can I really do anything? How have you found new ways to pour into leaders? Well, it's challenging. Uh, most of the time when somebody calls you or they call me, they're mm-hmm. in a problem. Uh, the church is in decline. The board's mad at them. People are mad at them. Uh, they realize they're at an age they need to retire. They don't have the financial wherewithal to retire. Uh, it, it, and there's a conflict. And so when you go in, you kind of have to assess what all's going on and, and all the venues that are creating the, the stress moment. And then you have to create a plan that's unique to every pastor and every church. And I've had three transitions this year, Uh, two that are final, one that this last Sunday they voted the successor pastor-elect, which means when the pastor retires, this guy's already voted in. And and the first one uh, was an independent church, and uh, the pastor had told me about three and a half years ago, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. I said, okay, you said that. And because he knew that I'd been through a transition, I'd brought him, the successor, out to the church. And so uh, I began to walk him through that. And as we got closer to the date, he began to experience what all people in succession uh, transition experience, anxiety. 
well, what's going to happen to my church? Well, the answer is it can happen now or happen later, yeah. but you're leaving. Sooner or later, you're leaving. So you can't control what happens after you leave if you've done the very best you can to transition it to a healthy place. Uh, the, the new leader's responsible. You're not responsible when you're not the leader. That does not mean you can get over caring. It doesn't mean the emotions yeah. of uh, this is my baby. Uh, you gave birth to it. This was a founding pastor of 43 years. <laughs> and so over the last couple of weeks, I began to discover that he's wow. really struggling with depression. And one of the things he didn't do, he did not get his go-to uh, gone to. He didn't book his preaching engagements. He didn't plan on being out of town mm -hmm. for the first 90 days. I left six months, didn't walk back in the doors of my church, didn't walk on the campus. I, I went away. And I just got busy and, and went and did other things. And having wow. something to do will give you the ability to let go of what you've done. Uh, the second group, the, 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 the founding pastors are still in the church, transitioned it to a son. And uh, they still struggle with, hey, you don't get to weigh in on that. You don't get to call the church's attorney and ask him to review a document to somebody you've talked to that the senior pastor don't even know about. <laughs> you're, 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 they didn't do that. And so, the, you know, the, the son who's in conflict with honoring mom and dad. So the good news is my job continues. They need me still because they, they uh, and then the one Sunday went perfect. They <laughs> uh, the, and the, and the, the pastor that uh, the pastor uh, succeeded uh, his go-to is uh, from the West coast all the way to the East coast. So that's going to be cleaner when it's gone, but it's going to leave a more empty congregation. So how do we take a congregation and help them to have uh, a 90-day plan. You saw a 90-day plan. We met uh, one time, I think, over in Orlando and all that material, a 90-day plan mm -hmm. for what does the succession pastor yeah. do uh, now to move the church into forward thinking and uh, and hope because faith and hope and forward thinking get them over the grieving of what used to be. Uh, I think the greatest challenge for pastors that leave their church, and this is all of us, is that uh, here's what they say, Mario. I just want to make sure I'm not forgotten. I can't help you. You are going to be forgotten. <laughs> I mean, if you were to ask everybody in your audience today, who was Billy Sunday? Who was D.L. Moody? Uh, who was Francis Asbury? They wouldn't know. Francis Asbury is the yeah. person that led the uh, Cane Ridge revival that the historians from Vanderbilt say is the most significant revival for Western expansion of America. But no, I knows him. This guy had meetings of 20,000 people when there weren't that many thousands of people in the country. He was the influence and the soul of America yep. as far as faith. But most people, you, you are going to be forgotten. And if your whole goal is to not be forgotten, uh, that's uh, it's not God's goal. And, you know, I, I noticed they were tearing down one of the, the uh, right. uh, statues of the, the Little Mermaid in Florida. There were a group of people who wanted to tear it down. And I don't know why they wanted to tear it down. But if they will tear down the Little Mermaid statue, they will tear your statue down sooner or later. <laughs> so true. Hey, I want to jump in here to let people know how they can get the book. Um, everybody, you've been listening here to Pastor Moore Davis. And a lot of his stories, which, by the way, you can get a lot more detail. Um, there was a question uh, from Phil about uh, how to be vulnerable around your uh, leaders and your colleagues. There was a question from Pamela about, hey, when do you bring in a consultant or a coach like Dr. Chan or like Maury Davis, who is a consultant coach? Um, a lot of those answers are going to be right in this book. 
Hindsight 2020 by Maury Davis, 10 mistakes that offer clarity and vision. Now, I wanna, I wanna say this real quick. Some of you are gonna be able to get this book for free today. And the way you can get it for free, all you have to do is actually sign up for the annual Avail Journal trial subscription, which is a one-year trial subscription, which is free, by the way. If you sign up for that free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you're going to get this book for free, okay? Uh, our team is putting the link in the chat right now. They're going to help me put the link in the chat how you can find this offer. And, and if you already have a... a subscription to the Avail Journal annual subscription, you can get this book at a... Uh, Pastor, uh, I think we lost your sound a while back, uh, Brother Virgil, and so I don't know how we can hear you or what you're saying. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right, everybody. I apologize for the technical difficulties. It might have been a button here on my microphone. I got so excited while I was doing the pitch that I bumped the mute button on my microphone. Here it is. I'm back. Everybody, don't worry about it. If you missed the offer, uh, we were just kidding. Now it's for real. Here's the offer. You can look in the chat. Uh, our team is putting the link for the hardcover book. Here's the offer. If you have not gotten the free annual subscription, free trial subscription of the Avail Journal, you can sign up. This is how you get this book for free. Sign up for the free trial annual subscription of the Avail Journal, and you'll also get this book for free. But you might say, Pastor Virgil, I already have the trial annual subscription to Avail. Well, you can get this book at a discounted price. So make sure you check out the link that's right here. Thank you, everybody, for hanging in with me during the uh, that mute moment. But here is the best offer of the day. The best offer of the day. Again, you can get this book for free by signing up for the trial Avail Journal annual subscription. If you already have it, you can get it at a discounted price. But here's what I recommend. I recommend upgrading to the Masterclass Bundle, which is a special deal today. The Masterclass Bundle includes the following. Hardcover book, Hindsight 2020 by Pastor Maury Davis. It includes the Hindsight 2020 study guide that goes along with the book where you can keep track, take notes, what you're learning, what God is speaking to you, what you're learning from those mistakes that Pastor Maury is teaching on, and also includes a 10-part online video masterclass. That 10-part class has an intro and an outro, so actually a 12-part class uh, of videos. You're going to be able to go, go in chapter by chapter. Maury goes into detail about all of these chapters. Let me let me just remind you, by the way, some of those chapters. I micromanaged gifted people. These are some of the mistakes he talks about. Uh, I was I was politically divisive. I didn't listen to advice. I was I confused authentic with unfiltered. I was insensitive to people's feelings. I didn't take enough time to think. I stayed stuck in old ideas. Great content. Masterclass upgrade is going to include the book. It's going to include the study guide. It's going to include the 10-part masterclass videos. And it's also going to have an extra bonus video. It's going to be added on later with the Q&A and this Q&A as well. Uh, great content. The, the uh, link is in the chat. You can find it by going to theartofleadership.com forward slash Davis. Also, by the way, did I already mention the Avail trial annual subscription? If you haven't gotten that, you can get this book for free by signing up for that, the Avail Journal annual trial subscription. Um, Want to mention to you, every month there's new resources coming out from Avail, just like this book, Hindsight 2020 with Maury Davis. And you can find more information by going to theartofleadership.com. And if you check out the Avail Plus 
subscription offer, you're going to find even more great things. Again, get this book, Hindsight 2020 by Maury Davis, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. Now, Pastor Maury, I know that there's a lot of people, there's more questions that people had, more things that people wanted to ask you. And I know that there's, that we don't have time to go into all that right now. Here's my question for you. How can people find you? How can they find you on social media or reach out to you? Uh, they can go to my website, mauridavis.com. They can e- email me at maury at mauridavis.com. So mauridavis.com is the website. Maury at mauridavis.com is the email. They can find me on Facebook as Maury Davis Coaching. They can find me on Instagram as Pastor Maury D. And I think I'm just Maury Davis on Twitter. Or they could call Cornerstone Church, 615-865-6655. <laughs> And they'll find me somewhere, even though I don't work there anymore. They know where I am, and they are great people. Uh, but uh, Or they could call you, and you could connect them to me because you've got my number. And uh, so uh, I'd love to connect <laughs> with them, love to help them. Uh, that's, that's right. You know, I'm at the point in life that I left a ministry with a piece of cornbread in my pocket, but I'm looking for a biscuit. I like that. I like that. I like that. Hey, everybody, if you haven't done so, you can click on that link that our team has placed both in the Zoom and in the Facebook Live. Uh, Also, if you go to theartofleadership.com forward slash Davis, you're going to see the offer there. Hey, Maury, how about those, uh, the 10 video masterclass? Uh, What what would you say people have to look forward to there? Uh, Some of the stuff that I didn't put in the book, uh, like uh, going into why you become a micromanager, uh, the, the under the hood, uh, analysis of how to identify the why you became that and how to fix it. So the, the deeper why and the deeper how is in the master classes. And uh, I appreciate y'all letting me come down to Orlando and film those and uh, y'all take them and uh, made them look good. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is the way we learn is with all of our senses and the more of your senses you involved in the learning process what you see, what you hear, what you can taste and smell, what you can touch, all help us to accumulate information. And most people never study the power of their senses, but the Bible talks about people that have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Well, your senses can also be trained to develop uh, an accumulation of information so you internalize it so it's not something you got to try to remember. It becomes a part of the DNA of who you are and how you think. So good. This is so good. Guys, let me just tell you, this master cl- masterclass upgrade bundle is a no-brainer. I mean, really, first of all, getting the event journal trial subscription for a year is a no-brainer because you're going to get this for free. If you do that today and you haven't done it, no-brainer. But if you do have it, you can get this at a discounted price. And secondly, the masterclass uh, upgrade is a no-brainer because you're going to have an amazing resource that's going to help you in your leadership journey. Uh, Maury Davis has, uh, has been, it, we're talking about decades of leadership and pastoring, uh, and he has been willing to put the good, the bad, and the ugly of, the, of his journey, the, the hardest parts, the mistakes, in addition to, to a lot of things that were done well. And I'm pretty confident, Pastor Maury, that there was a lot of great things uh, uh, that you've done well. But, but I think we learned the most when we're able to look back and say, hey, be honest and vulnerable. This was a shortcoming. This could have been better. And I think that's why so many of the people that have been pastored by you and led by you uh, are, appreciate you so much. So um, before we kind of wrap things up, uh, I want to let everybody know, if you haven't clicked on that link, click on that link. 
We talk about Maury Davis's new book, Hindsight 2020, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. By the way, go for the masterclass upgrade bundle because you're going to get the study guide. You're going to get the hardcover book. You're going to get access to the 10-part to the online video masterclass, which is going to be extremely helpful. All of this at theartofleadership.com forward slash Davis for that offer. For more resources, you can just check out that website. Uh, we've had some great questions by people like Phil, people like Pamela, even Alvina, who's saying, man, this, is, this sounds like exactly where we're at. Can we reach? And you just shared a little bit of how people can get in contact with you, which is great, uh, Maury. What, what would you say are some closing thoughts you want to leave us with uh, as we start wrapping things up here. Uh, some closing thoughts regarding uh, your book, regarding what God's placed on your heart for all the leaders that are listening or watching right now. Yeah. Your destiny is in your hands. Your future is in your hands. Nobody can give you an assignment for destiny. Nobody can determine your future. It's a product of choices. I made a lot of people that invest partially in programs like Avail but they don't do the work to develop themselves with the resources. How many people hire a coach That's right. at the gym to create a workout plan for them, but they don't go to the gym on Monday and do Monday's workout or Wednesday's workout or Friday's workout. <laughs> How many people hire a dietitian to say, Hey, help me with my eating habits. And they're told, uh, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, but you need to eat this and that. And, as a woman told me last night, that's in an assisted living center or a rehab, we're trying to get her well. That's my aunt. And she said, that goulash was horrible. I told him to bring me another serving of mashed potatoes. My aunt has diabetes. That's the last thing in diabetes. And I'm thinking, it doesn't matter if the goulash tastes horrible. You, you, you're, you can't keep having uh, sugar spikes and get your muscles to work right. And so the, the work that right. has to be done for development is personal. And the people that are watching this, uh, have already taken a step. They've already shown they have intuition, they have insight, and they have self-inspiration. They took the first step, but you got to keep taking it step after step, word after word, book after book, uh, lesson after lesson. You've got to keep investing in your growth. And to do that means you can't just buy the book. You actually have to read the books you bought. Look at your bookshelf and go over there and get honest about how many books on your bookshelf you have not read. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to know your level of discipline, how many books on that bookshelf have never been read? <laughs> yeah, you got to do the work. That's, good. That's what I'd say. It's work. Yeah. That's a good work. Hey, that's a good word. Thank you for that word. Uh, Pastor Morby, got to do the work. By the way, I have uh, one of the recent Avail journals here in my hand. Pastor Morby, that's you on the cover there. <laughs> Hindsight 2020. Again, if you have not signed up for your trial annual subscription of the Avail Journal. I want to highly recommend it. Uh, Maury himself just told you how valuable it's been for him. I'll say how valuable it's been for me. Every journal that comes out uh, every quarter of the year, uh, the resources, the, the, the information, the knowledge, the experience, it is, it is a wealth of, of knowledge and it is an amazing resource for, it is a premier uh, Christian leadership magazine. That's the Avail Journal. That's, that's Pastor Maury right there on the cover, uh, Hindsight 2020. Um, we really want to encourage 
encourage you, if you have not done so, sign up for the free trial annual subscription of the Avail Journal, and you'll get Maury's book for free today by going to the link that's in the chat. If you've been having a good time here, we're about to finish off. Give me a high five. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a cool guy with the glasses and emojis. I want to know that you've had a good time. This has been a great time, Maury. And let me just say, um, for those of you who want to lean into next month, next month, March 30th, we're going to be with Eric Petrie talking about elevating your perspective. You can find out more information about that at theartofleadership.com as well. Pastor Maury, what an honor and a privilege it has been for us. Uh, all of the guests here, we have guests nationally from the states, internationally from outside and abroad uh, to be here and spend this time with you. Uh, we are honored, Pastor Mori, and uh, on behalf of the Avail team and myself, we honor you. Uh, we thank oh. you for your leadership, for your vulnerability, transparency in writing this book, which I'm almost done reading. I'm blessed by it. I'm encouraged by it. And on a personal level, even we, as we were preparing for this, you were, you were asking me some questions and encouraging me in my journey and in my process. And so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you on behalf of the Avail team for being who you are, for leading so well. We bless you and we honor you, Pastor Maury. And bless you and honor you and the whole Avail team for all you're doing for the body of Christ. So go Avail. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you, everybody, for connecting with us on another uh, Avail live call webinar with Maury Davis and his new book, Hindsight 2020, 10 Mistakes That Offer Clarity and Vision. We've been blessed by having you here. Thank you for giving us a space in your life, a space in your leadership, a space in your organization. On behalf of the Avail leadership team, my name is Virgil Sierra, your Avail Media host. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you can check out the Avail Leadership podcast anytime you like and you can see all these videos or listen to all these podcasts as well we love you god bless you and remember you can always increase and improve in the art of leadership here with avail leadership see you next time and god bless thank you for joining us to talk with maury davis about his new book hindsight 2020 for all the special offers on maury's book and more resources go to theartofleadership.com forward slash davis also, if you haven't done so yet, you can get a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. We hope this conversation encouraged you to learn and grow in your leadership journey. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra, and thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.